Canna Bloggers Corner. Always the good stuff. The following program is intended for mature audiences. The popcorn you're eating has been pissed in. Film at 11. Good evening. We have a big show for you tonight. Only on the side of us. I hope the kids seem to like it. Welcome to Fantasy Island. You want to get high? Alright, what is up my sexy can of bloggers? Uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you for joining me once again this week on Can of Bloggers Corner. As always, I am your host, Andy, the Can of Blogger. And this week, I am joined by truly one of my, one of my greatest friends, uh, ever. Uh, my buddy Mike. We served together on, uh, USS Higgins, USS Benfold back in the day. Um, went through shock and awe together. Uh, we've known each other for 20 years and, uh, he is, he is truly one of my greatest friends and, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to have a friend like him in my life and, uh, to have him on the show and, uh, chilling with me here really is a treat because not only is he a former shipmate, but he is also like myself a huge Trekkie. And yes, I do not mind calling myself a Trekkie. I am a Trekkie. Proud. I don't mind. <laughs> you don't have to call me a Trekker. All right. I don't care. I'm a Trekkie. But, um, no, uh, he and I also, uh, because we went through a lot of the same experiences together. And of course, he also went through his own, um, along with uh, what we both shared, uh, we are, we, we both struggle with PTSD and, uh, we have also turned to cannabis to help, uh, manage our symptoms. You know, uh, of course I, like I've said in the past, I still do rely on pharmaceuticals, uh, to a point, but I also am trying to minimize it. And so, Cannabis is my, cannabis is my, uh, relief, so to speak. So, uh, I don't have to deal with too many toxic side effects. Um, but he and I, uh, sit and talk about two episodes that aired recently in particular. Uh, one from Star Trek Picard, uh, this past season, season three, episode four called, uh, No In Scenario. And, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, this last season, season two, uh, episode, great, now I forgot the episode number, but I do remember the name, uh, Under the Cloak of War. Uh, both, both of these episodes, uh, deal with, or center on characters that have PTSD and are managing it. And I think probably the best, the best line I heard to describe it is at the, is the very last line of Under the Cloak of War when he says, some things break in ways that can never be repaired, just managed. And that I, I think, that I think is perfect. Um, it's it's not that we are broken. It is just that we are fixed differently. <laughs> and uh, there, yes, sometimes we we have to be managed, 
And that is why I have my emotional support human of a wife, Carolyn, uh, to help me sometimes. But uh, friends like Mike are truly important as well. And I am honored to have him on on the show with me this week. So um, please uh, make yourselves comfortable. If you're driving, pay attention to the road, obviously, you know, (laughs) no accidents on my watch, please. But uh, relax and uh, enjoy me and Mike getting nerdy about Star Trek and uh, our our experiences with, with PTSD. All right. I am here with my buddy and former shipmate, Mike. And we are here going to talk about how Star Trek has been representing PTSD. Now, Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Really well? Yeah, I would say so. I'm... Having a good time. Having Have, a good time? Yeah, we're How hanging. good? Well, you know, I've already uh, imbibed a lot of my, my beverage, <laughs> and uh, that beverage in question has THC in it, so I'm feeling really good. There you go. There yeah. you go. How, how much would you estimate you've had so far? Considering the um, can holds 25 milligrams, and I'm, I'm going to say about 20 milligrams so far. Nice. And I believe when I did my research, this is a sativa. Oh, there you go. So the other ones I've I've purchased in the past are hybrids. This one is, according to their website, sativa. (laughs) According to them. But your eyes are looking a little glassy, a little heavy. Just a little bit? I'm I'm thinking that... It says sativa, but I don't think that's that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I, there's, I have a hard time remembering what's the difference between indica and sativa and what they're supposed to do. So, the way it, I always remember it, indica, in the couch. Mm, okay, so I had it backwards in my head. That's why uh, I was saying there that. There you go. I, indica will put you in the couch. <laughs> that's my favorite place to be sometimes you know oh you you remember that commercial that had just the girl that was deflated and she was like "Uh, she can't she's high (laughs) and i'm looking at that going cool right (laughs) i want to be part of the furniture what's the problem (laughs) exactly (laughs) so now we i've already discussed on the show in the past uh how I've been diagnosed with PTSD, my struggles, what I've been through. Um, but let's now, let's talk a little bit about how, how you fit into this and how you and I can speak on this subject. Uh, you and I both served together. That's correct. Um, uh, what, what year did you check on board? Um, 2003, I believe. Okay. Now, were you, you were after C-SWAP, so you checked on board. No, the, oh. I, I joined uh, three months left on on a c-swap i actually got the perfect amount of days i had 90 days to get my c-service ribbon okay because it was 90 days from day i stepped on board to the day we flew out okay so um i did the c-swap but during that time i was cranking so oh that's right (laughs) (laughs) it's a little bit of a you know i wasn't doing my job so just and that was 20 years ago that was 2003 three oh where does the time go, man? Uh, according to that song, it just slips into the future. Time keeps on slipping, yep. slipping, slipping. Into the future. Key the synthesizer I can't imitate. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we, we got wacky 
on those deployments. Uh, yes, we did. Particularly 03. So you were there uh, for shock and awe. Yes, I, I, I really vividly remember that because when a missile takes off, not more than 100 feet from you. Yep. And you feel the heat from it and you see it go sideways. You you don't forget that. Nope. The, the, the second day we did it, I, I couldn't go out. I was because I had to do some cranking duty, right? Mm-hmm. That was one where the missile misfired, booster fell off, and went into the water <laughs> next to the Australian ship, and I just heard stories. Oh, for, and for the record, I was topside for that, so I watched it happen. <laughs> oh, I cannot. I have never <coughs> come closer to shitting my pants. Actually, no, I lie. There was one other time, but it was different because <laughs> – this missile, I swear to God, what it's supposed to do, for those of you who don't know, um, a Tomahawk missile, it takes off, it drops its booster rocket, and then it starts to just fly off and do its own thing. But it needs that booster rocket to get out of the ship. So the booster rocket pushed it out of the ship, but it never kicked in it never dropped the boosters and kicked in those other rockets so it just kind of and, and what even made it better or worse depending on your point of view right the australians was probably worse oh it was windy <gasps> oh no oh my god i mean we're talking about maybe 30 40 knot winds and winds were high that night winds were as high as i am <laughs> yes so it just kind of it sat there it hovered for like a second and I'm looking at it like, oh, shit, this is how it's going to end. Right? It's going to drift back over and explode on this boat, and we're going to be on the news. Um, but no, thank God it just fell straight down in, you know, into the water. But uh, there was a second. Yeah, there was. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought, it, I thought we were going to die. I remember the, the first night at Shakenau, they, uh, they launched – we all went outside, we, those, except for those on watch, obviously. Watched them all take off. Then we all go back in, and we're watching the news. And then every so often, somebody coming over to 1MC, that's us. Yep. That's us. Remember that? Just, every remember. time an explosion happened, they were like, that's us. And that the reason behind that is because a Tomahawk missile is a smart missile. It is very accurate. Uh, to the point where we knew which ones were ours because we knew when they were going to hit. Did we have any any of the, the deltas on that one where it went and did mini bombing runs before going to, to explode? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, we did. I remember did. learning that. I'm like, this, this missile can bomb people too? Yeah. Before? Um, this is before it wow. was illegal. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, now that's wildly illegal. But, um, no, we, we had those. And uh, just in case you didn't know, your your country, your military did that shit. Um, yes, yes. Yep. Some of us are paying for it. I mean. I, and I was one of those people on the team that fired them. So I, I get to carry that around with me, too. Um, so we, we both we, we both have our own stories. You. Yes. You've told me some of yours, and I swear to God, I, I just, they break my heart. They really do. Um, knowing people who have been through and experienced what you have, and the news that you've had to deliver to people. It's, uh, it's not something people should have to do. Right. 
you know, um, and it, people like us, we, we feel it, we feel it a little bit more deeply. Um, some people are lucky enough. They can, they can deal with it in their own ways and they're, they're able to move bury forward. It, maybe bury it, compartmentalize, whatever. Um, you and I, not so much. Um, we've been through the VA, um, you just got your 100% rating. Congratulations. Yes. Um, I'm still waiting on mine. Hey, Fingers crossed. <laughs> speaking into existence, it's going to happen. Yep. Let's manifest that shit, right? That's right. So what we're going to talk about here is, um, well, he, you and I are both massive nerdy Trekkies. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of a hybrid, though, because I love Star Wars just as much. However, it's not it's not a competition. It's not like which one's better. If I'm really feeling um, smart, I tend to go towards Star Trek. If I want to feel, you know, like religious or, you know, based on faith and stuff like that, then I'll go more Star Wars. Exactly. But, each each has its own merits. Each depends on whatever mood we're in at the time, really. And also, Star Trek is great because it depicts what we could be as a society. Everything's clean. Everybody's nice. Everybody respects each other. Star Wars is like the opposite. It's a scum of high, you know, <laughs> hive of scum and villainy. You know, it's just like, wow. You know, and it's, it's such a different perspective. This is like hope. And Star Wars is like more reality based kind of. But now Star Trek has been getting dirtier. The, what, the last season of Picard and, yeah. and uh, third season Discovery. Discovery, I've noticed, is, it always, that bridge is always dirty. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of blowing up and people dying yep. and shit. And Worf killed a guy, man. Oh yes, he beheaded him. He beheaded a fucker. Was it a Wednesday? They it must just, have been be, right? because beheadings are on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Thank you, Michael Dorn, for that beautiful line and whoever wrote it too. Because what about the line in the very last episode where he goes, "And I will join you, and make it a threesome." Do you even hear yourself, <laughs> Riker? <laughs> Riker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah so obviously we are both massive trekkies now star trek has a history of dealing with um socio-political issues um civil rights going all the way back to the original series or those old scientists, those as, old scientists. as we like to call them now um stuff ever since let that be your last battlefield um Oh, gosh. I, so many. A Taste of Armageddon. It, it, there are so many classic track episodes that deal with social issues of the time. And yes. that got inherited into Next Generation, The Measure of a Man. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, that's my introduction was The Next Generation. And mm -hmm. the reason that I got into it is my mother said that she wanted me to follow the Prime Directive because she really liked it. You know, don't even though mess they, with anybody. Even though they broke it every fucking chance they got. <laughs> yeah, that Kirk, man. That Kirk-loving Spock sucker. <laughs> it's like, uh, Prime Directive, Shrine Directive, fuck it. Well, I love how in Strange New Worlds, they, they was the first directive, and then they're like, you know what, Chris? Because you did this, we're going to rename it the Prime Directive to make it more ironclad, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it became real ironclad, but whatever. Um but yes, and it's just the general idea of don't fuck with other people. 
is that simple. It is, you do not contaminate another culture or civilization. You hands off. And that is a just, like you said, it's a beautiful concept. It's one we need to adopt because we're, we're all up in everybody else's business and we got no right. Well, I mean, I can have feelings or thoughts about what you're doing. And, but they're, and it, they're just as valid as anybody else's. It, it doesn't affect my life. Yeah. So you do you. <laughs> you know, you, you want to live your life that way? That's great. And I, I love talking to my grandmother about this because she's so, as she puts it, old timey. <laughs> she's 87 years old. Yeah. 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 She told me years ago, this whole sidebar, but when she said, when I'm 86, I'm ready to go. I said, that's kind of morbid. And she didn't understand it. You know, you, when you 86 somebody, you kill them, right? Right. But she was like, when I'm 86, I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh. So, I, anyway. my grandmother wrote her own will. So, <laughs> right? I think that it's a generational <laughs> thing, I think. Maybe. So, she, she has her opinions. And she loves to tell me how, like, uh, there were, she saw on the news, and speaking of what she listens to, all those, you know, people that like to vote for Trump rhetoric. She's one of those, right? Okay. Um, I love her. I don't see eye to eye with her, but I love her. You can you can love someone and still disagree with them. Oh, absolutely. So she's got these ideas, and then she's like, "Oh my god, I I saw that they're they got some trans person." cross-dressing and recruiting to the Navy. What's wrong with the world? I'm like, what are you talking about? And the Navy doesn't do that. And so long story short, I did a research afterwards and mm -hmm. it turned out there was a petty officer, second class, who was allowed to wear his uniform in a TikTok. In a TikTok. Yeah. And then they were seeing like, they were doing a survey to see if it improved recruitment numbers. There was no official, like, <laughs> you can do this. And they said, you can wear your uniform in your in your, your little video. Right. To see if it would make But it had nothing to do with trans. No, it didn't. And so I told her, that. I was like, everything you're worried about, the Navy didn't even endorse. They just said, you could wear the uniform. Yeah. And, and she's I like, oh. But her big thing was like, if we're going to let people that were trying to transition into the military, you know, or if you identify as a female, but you're a male and you haven't done that right, mm -hmm. she's like, what are you going to do? Wear a high heels and run into battle. I'm like, do you even know what happens in battle? Seriously, do they, does she even know what kind of uniforms we had to wear? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the craziest thing. I we love her. We all wear what? the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me tell you right now, we don't get the high heels. <laughs> well, my calves will look amazing in them. Though. Dude, they do. Oh my God. I have seen this man in heels. Uh, don't even ask. Don't even ask, but I've seen him in heels, and he looks fantastic. Let me tell you. Absolutely. All he has to do is shave the legs, man, and you start thinking another way. Oh. <laughs> Look, this, this gives you a taste of, you know, how, how we've behaved in, in the Navy. This, this is what goes how on. How about the fact that this guy's my mentor? <laughs> yeah. The very first mentor I had in the Navy. They're like, you got to pick somebody. I'm like, uh, OS2? And he's like, sure. Sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why not? I got nothing to do that day. <laughs> we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's Remember, like we, yeah, we were in the middle of nowhere, and then the uh, the wizards both went down, so it said oh we God. were sailing through Saudi Arabia. Like, that's kind of stressful. <laughs> yeah, that was very stressful. That was incredibly stressful. That was... Uh, we, 
the president knew about that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how stressful that was. That was just nuts. And I mean, the president of the United States, not the president of the country club or something, you yeah, know? Right. POTUS. But yeah. Um, wow. W. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the way back to W. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, but let's, let's talk about uh, how PTSD has been portrayed in, I, I, I want to focus on two episodes in particular. Um, first, let's start with uh, Star Trek Picard. This past season, season three, episode four. It's Was called No Win Scenario. Yes. And it's the last season of Picard. Um, okay. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Uh, I'm going to do the Will Wheaton thing, and I'm going to call a red alert right here because we're about to drop massive spoilers. So if you haven't seen this shit, uh, go watch it and then come back and listen to us again. Um, but yeah, go watch it, come back, listen. Um, but if you don't care about spoilers, listen on. At your own peril. At, yes, at your own risk. So it's called No In Scenario. And obviously based off of Kobayashi Maru, Star Trek II, all that kind of shit. They all think they're going to die. And um, just I've, to kind of give the Cliff's Notes summary. I think every series has had... Some ish, some something like, like that. that. Of course, okay. everything seems dire, right? Because I just thought, remember, Discovery did it. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Everything seems dire. All I'm hope is sorry lost. for derailing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just yeah, had to get it out. <laughs> so, like for like episodes one through three and a half, this uh, ship's captain, Captain Liam Shaw, has been this like total dick to Picard and Riker and Seven of Nine. Uh, insisting on calling her Hanson, her and, um, her human dead name. name, yeah, her human name, her dead name. So he's been just this total dick, and we're all like, "Dude, what is this fucking guy's problem?" So episode four comes in. They all think they're gonna die. So fuck it. Everyone's gonna just gonna say what the, what's on their minds. Shaw yeah, they comes were stuck in, in a, a gravity well. A gravity well, yes, and. Shaw's already hopped up on painkillers because he broke his leg. So he comes in and he gives this giant monologue about how he was there at Wolf 359 when Picard had been assimilated. of Borg. Exactly. He'd been assimilated. At, he became Locutus and he just blew up the fucking galaxy. So now Shaw gives this big reveal that, hey, I was just this grease monkey little kid ensign engineer when you just lit the world on fire and totally rocked my fucking world and i i wish i could say it the way he did but just the amount of anger that i could feel dripping from every fucking word like you are the guy that i blame for fucking my life and I'm going to tell you everything I have spent 30 years wanting to tell you. And he just laid into him. Yep. It was a very stressful time in that universe, yeah. that creation, you know. And I thought so, too. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh that and just that performance by the actor, the the actor who played him, Todd Stashwick, was just brilliant. He was, and um, just at, the way he made Picard look small, 
and you realize, oh, that's why he's been a dick. Yes. Yeah, I like Picard, but this last last series with him, I'm really starting to see the age. The, he he looks like my grandfather before he passed, kind of. Yeah. So, I don't know what this has to do with the episode. I had a point and I lost it. Uh, that's fine. He's looking old. You know, we're all getting up there. But uh, yeah, he he looked frail. Yes, that maybe that's where I was going with it. Yeah, because he he looked smaller. He looked frail. I mean, there was a powerful. You know, like I was there and you killed these people, and I can't forgive you for this. You know, it was something that the character needed more than once in the whole series. You know, somebody needed to tell him like, hey. You have done some shit that has affected the whole universe, and we're not okay with it. Yeah. We know you're not him anymore, but you're still him. Actions have consequences. Yep. And not everyone thinks you're this giant fucking Starfleet hero. Which, And they mentioned that in this series a couple of times, because when, when Shaw was like, look, I don't care. Just let him have him. Just let him go. And Seven looks at him and says, are you willing to tell Starfleet Command that you killed two heroes? Right. And that's when he's like, oh, shit. Right. Because, you know, no matter how much you hate him, you got to remember, okay, this is who these people, quote unquote, are. Right. And it's like when he found out that Again, another spoiler, the kid was Picard's son. You saw him, he, he rolled his eyes and he's like, Fuck. Jack. He's like, oh, red alert, you know, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> it, it's that, it's that cultural attachment that we have to these, to these names. Yes. They, and they keep saying names mean nothing. No, they, that's bullshit. Names mean everything. When you hear, a name it it causes you to react. It's a trigger. So when you hear it's Picard, your word. yeah, you hear Picard. You think of do you think of a hero or do you think of the guy who almost the guy who killed every one of your friends? Picard, you would think the actual man, not not the destroyer of worlds per se, the Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, but. Names are powerful because once you name something, it's almost almost like you have power over it. Exactly. Because I know you. I know that. I know this. You know, it's like I have power. I've made sense in my mind and rationalized it. And therefore, that's what it is. When you when you tell someone your name, you, you're giving them power over you. I'm giving them the key to, key to my world. You're giving them an, your identity. You're introducing yourself. This is who I am. I am Andy. I am Andy. You killed my father. father. Prepare, Prepare to, to die. die. See, exactly. <laughs> so that is a power right there. I am identifying myself. This is who I am. The big reveal. I know something you don't, and this is what it is, and now I'm going to fuck your life up. Yep. So Shaw is amazing. He, he really is, and I highly highly recommend you go back watch that episode particularly because that the monologue alone is worth it absolutely 100 percent. 
that monologue is just, that made me a Todd Stashwick fan. And but, then he tells Riker, yeah, take care of the crew, and they get out of that. You they got get out us of that, in, but yeah, yep, you got us into this. You're gonna get us out of it. So now Picard's got to drive the ship. I, I, I love <laughs> it because they're driving it like a naval vessel. Yeah, you're giving commands, right? People don't understand this in the real world. Like, what's it like to drive a ship? Well, it depends. Are you the one giving the commands or are you the one turning the knobs? You know, right? Like, exactly. Because, because guess what? Stuff come doesn't right. come right thirty degrees. You know, like, it doesn't happen like that. You know, someone gives an order, someone else carries it out, and it takes time for things to happen. Whether it's in space, on the sea, on the land, whatever. You know, things don't just boom happen. Right. So. Yeah, having that accurate depiction is is key, I think. And I think that ever since DS9, Star Trek has gotten a lot more honest. Well, that's good. I really didn't watch much of Deep Space Nine, I'm going to be honest. But now I have the opportunity. I will eventually catch up <laughs> on it. I think I'm going to like it better. I've seen the Tribbles episode when they went back. Yeah, to the, the, that, the that's just scientist. a classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've seen... I. I have seen one or two, but I need to watch the whole thing all the way through because, you know, at first I was like, it's a station. They're not doing anything. It was like, where's the adventure? And that did, that posed a problem for a couple of seasons, but then they got into the whole Dominion War aspect and that changed the whole, the whole arc. That's what I've been told. So I I do, I need to give it a a fair shake. But now Um, they started, they kind of started with the whole, with um, original series and next generation, you had the Federation is the good guys. We do nothing wrong. We, we're the white knights, the 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 heroes, right? Right. DS Nine, you start hearing the other side, the other perspective, the the colonized, as it were. You've got a Ferengi and a Cardassian comparing the Federation to root beer, <laughs> saying how it's sickeningly sweet. And you don't really like it at first because when Garrick drinks it first, he goes, oh, it's vile. But then Quark's like, yeah, but if you drink it enough, you start to like it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, just like the Federation. So Fair enough. It's like everybody, everybody kind of accepted the fact that, okay, th- you know, this is the system. This is the best of the evils as it were. Right. But it's still not perfect. You still have section 31, the ones that do the dirty work. The black ops. That exactly. Did you see Boimer walk like section 31 <laughs> live action? Yes. The, the section 31 power walk. Yes. Is it, when he saw number he one, saw it would <laughs> ramp, turn around, he did the power walk off. I'll tell you what, Jack Quaid doing those screams in real life, because you'd assume in the boys he does it too. And then to bring it over to Star Trek was that that really kind of made my little geeky heart happy. Right, right. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about the uh the Strange New Worlds episode with Mabenga and Chapel. I will tell you that one affected me way more Did it? than the other one. Did it? Okay. Um I forget the title of the episode off the top of my head right now. I had it like a second ago. Um, yeah, right. But uh, the brief synopsis is Mabenga and Chapel were uh, field medics in the Klingon War. Yes. And uh, they were on this moon called the Moon of Jagal, 
That wasn't the name of the episode, though. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, it was not. When this, we literally just said it. Yeah, when this uh, like massive massacre happened, um, and as yeah. and being field medics, they got all the traumas as they came in. Um, a lot of modern medics, or if you ever saw Mash, it's a uh, you know incoming chopper. Um, this was incoming transport. Yeah. Oh my God. That was every just, time you hear incoming transport. Once you realize what it meant, mm-hmm. it, like it, it was so sickening to hear it every time. It was like shudder because you know. Yeah. Thankfully, I never had to deal with a situation like that in my time in the service, but we're trained like constantly yeah. to mm-hmm. do things like that. You know, just a regular, you know, ET and OS that yeah. have no medical training whatsoever. It's like you barely pull a splinter out of my own finger, right? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm supposed to bandage everybody up and do that. So every time it went incoming transport, and I'm like, they're getting so behind in all these patients, yes. and it was just heartbreaking and just, yeah. And when you're in that situation, the only people you have to rely on are the people around you. Yep. So whether you're an OS, an ET, medic, or whatever, you're the, you're the other guy's best option. You know, that is it. So thankfully I could I could probably remember how to deal with a sucking chest wound. But yeah, like you said, I couldn't get it. Under the cloak of war. Thank you. Good Under the Cloak of War. Thank you, yes. And uh, <coughs> the uh the navigator, Lieutenant Ortega, she was also involved in the war. She wasn't there on the moon, but, but she, she had been involved yeah, yeah. in her own way. So the three of them, they each had their own unique trauma experiences. Yep. And the one line that got me was, how do we explain it to people who don't understand? Yes, that's that's the biggest hurdle we've faced with PTSD. You know, I'll be honest with you, when when I got out and I was filing for everything, you know, uh, to get my on discharge was a BDD whatever it is where you get it when you get out right your DD 214 no 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 the, the VA <laughs> benefits start right oh when you yes get out. yes thank you yes that benefits before discharge that's there what it was. you go so um that's a new thing I didn't have that back in 2008 but whatever oh they didn't do that I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> not that I knew of, but you know it changes every year but right. anyway I'm sorry I digress so, yeah, where was I? <laughs> Benefits before discharge. Yes. And where was I before that? Uh, how do you explain to somebody who doesn't understand? There we go. So, yeah, it, it's so hard because, like, I, I went and got diagnosed, and I had no idea I was gonna that I had it. I just, whatever I was dealing with, I was like, maybe that's just normal stuff, right? And then they, they come back with my rating, and they're like, you're 70% PTSD. I'm like, holy crap. And then, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, would, what would cause it for me, you know? And I obviously I I heard you, mm-hmm. the missiles that affects you. And I'm sorry to hear that still, but you know, unfortunately, there's nothing we could do to take it away. It's not yep. like the internal sunshine spot, internal sunshine of the spotless mind, where you can just pull memories out you don't want, right? I wish, right? Yeah, you would think. There are a bunch of things that I wish I could unsee. Oh yeah. Well, one of my very first really traumatic experience was on the Benfold mm-hmm. when we did the tsunami relief. 
Yes. And I'm so proud of our ship during that time. Um, I wish I had done more to go get boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't have that glory with me. But I'm just proud of the overall thing because we kept a lot of supplies coming in. Yep. Remapping the entire coastline. You know. Yeah. I still have the video that we we made for the return home. Oh, that's it. That's awesome. I I lost mine. God, I don't know when. How I long think ago? I have like two or three copies. I'll give you one if you want. Of course, but uh, yeah, that um, every time I hear that song, hmm. like, California, yeah, yeah, break the microphone. <laughs> anyway, so you know we're doing all that, right? I remember yeah. I was on the bridge once when one of the um, helos came down to refuel, mm-hmm. and uh, they were giving him food stuff yeah. you know, and then loading it up with all the rice and you just hear one of the pilots holy crap they have launchables <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay i mean you know, we it was just a service we provided we were the hotel 65 yeah. um us being a ddg which is a guided missile destroyer uh there really wasn't much that we could do as far as offer humanitarian aid um except for the fact that we could be a gas station we were the launching point in between the carrier and the shore we yeah we could get closer than the carrier could so the helos didn't have to go back as far to get gas um so our flight crew and well our flight crews on on you know top side and in combat they earned i think double flight pay that that deployment because they wow. were just our chief sat in because we had one Aztec and he was getting two hours of sleep a week. That, that's awful. He he was dying, and I'm, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. He he was fading fast, so our chief had to jump in because he was like Aztec called from way below, way long ago. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and I remember that that actually that whole event extended our deployment by a month. Yep, and I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think I've talked to a single person, and maybe you'll be the exception that was angry about that. I was nervous because I was supposed to get married, <laughs> right? But it, yeah, our, my wedding was in March, and uh, we were supposed to be back in February. And uh, she kept asking, "Hey, you're gonna be back?" And I'm like, uh, "Maybe, <laughs> right? Maybe." Uh, let, let's see what what happens when Aops uh, shakes the magic eight ball today. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Oh, damn. Yeah, right? <laughs> and the magic eight that was ball. A choice. The magic eight ball was giving us better answers than our fleet was at the time. So <laughs> we had it in combat. <laughs> but during all that, uh, I was a smoker then. So, you know. Yep, I remember. I was too. It's probably where we first met. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That in the mess deck somewhere. Yep. But um, I was outside and th- things were floating by. Like, oh, yep. that that was a bench. Okay. Oh, that that's a tapestry. I mean, I bet that looks amazing on the wall. It was really pretty. It's faded, but I remember thinking it was a really yeah. good tapestry. I was like, that's a waste, you know? And then you see this and that. And then I see like, is that a frog? And it got closer. I'm like, no, that's a bloated human being. Yep. And I've carried that for over 20 years now and didn't realize it was affecting me. So that was part one of my PTSD, you know, diagnosis. 
Yeah, um, mine for that deployment was uh, seeing a family, a family of three, a mother, father, and child, uh, bloated in the ocean, still yeah. huddled together. It was awful. And, and there was nothing we could do. We just point. Yeah, we, we, we marked the location so that... They, their host nation that could come pick them up. Come pick them up, yeah. Because I, I remember asking that question, and yeah. they were, I think I was told like we're not, we weren't legally allowed to by international law. Yes, um, they flat out said no. We don't want you to touch them, and and it was a cultural thing. Uh, it, the way they they handled their their dead, it was their yeah, their culture, and- their ways, and so it's like okay, you know, fine, we're going to respect that. But it, to see it. When I saw that family and just thinking that's that's what I was about to get into. You know, I, I saw myself there for, for a brief split second and that yeah. that really hit me hard. And I when I saw Under the Cloak of War and saw how everything was just coming at them and coming at them and coming at them until finally Obanga looks at Chapel and says, We got this. And that became their work. That became their code. Yeah. They, and they still used it. Um, it became whenever one was starting to feel overwhelmed, the other one would look at them and say, hey, we got this. And yeah. that, would, that, would, that was their center. Right. And it, it actually made so much more <laughs> sense from one of the previous episodes, like the second one, mm-hmm. where they were kidnapped by the, the Klingons. Yep. And then they're like, again? I don't want to, but we're going to have to, you know, it's like, what yeah. have they gone through? And now yeah. you see this episode and you hear the haunting words, incoming transport. You're like, oh, and it, it was, you know, as any rational, caring human being is, if you can't see something like that and connect somehow, like emotionally, you, you're a psychopath. Yeah. And my, um, one of the groups I go to, with the VA, I actually don't go to the VA. It's a VA vet clinic. Okay. So they don't, they're, they're associated with the VA, but they don't get run by the VA. Mm-hmm. And so they have counselors and I, I talk to one once a month, but I have these groups on Thursday. It's a PTSD group. And, you know, just going in and be able to, to listen to other people, connect with them and say, realize you're not the only one going through this, you know? So when you see episodes like this, you, you have somewhere to go and, feel seen and feel heard you know it's really helped me a lot especially since you know like i said i didn't realize i had ptsd until you know the, the fucking letter from the va showed up said yep. ptsd you know oh it makes so much sense now because you know the second part of that which was a big part was that i was on my second ship the carrier carl vinson and <coughs> I never signed an NDA. I just realized that recently. But we were told, don't ever talk about this, you know. Mm. And it, but it still it affects me. I was on the ship when they buried Bin Laden in the ocean. That's right. And so anytime anybody would like try to, like my my uh, stepmother, my dad's wife, right? Mm-hmm. She was so proud of me. She's like, they buried Bin Laden and tagged me. And I'm like, oh, uh, you know. After all that, you know, just knowing that he was like the head of this most radical yep. sect, you know, it made public me, enemy number one. It it made everybody on that ship have a target on him. Yep. And I carried that. Like I'm always worried, you know, that somebody's going to know that and turn around and 
hurt Katie and hurt yes exactly Kathleen and James you know yes and that ha- that happened to us when Charlene was in high school uh, she went on a trip to Europe and her birth father wanted her to use he, he went to use his connections through the State Department and get her a red passport and I said absolutely not he's like why not that would make her look cool stand out and I said exactly. I do not want that kid to stand out. I do not want that kid to look special. She is a blonde American young woman in Europe. That's already a, a target on her back. You th- you give her a government passport, and that's just... I'm not Liam Neeson. Exactly what I was I'm, thinking. I'm not Liam Neeson. I don't have a particular set of skills. Well, if she gets taken, like If she gets taken, I got to call somebody. Call Liam Neeson. Yes, exactly. Um... But yeah, I, I I don't want that kind of target painted on my family. And but being in the military, that it kind of get gets ingrained in you. Like you ask Katie, we'll be driving somewhere that we've gone hundreds of times, right? Anywhere, and she's always like, "Why are we going this this route?" Because of all the training and all the worries that I carry with me for being in, I'm constantly changing my routes, like they yep. train us to. Yeah, don't be predictable. I don't even drive anymore. Oh, well, that must be great. <laughs> Which, I mean, it works out because Carolyn loves to drive. Um, for her, it, she likes to be in control. So Fair enough. Uh, for her, that's that's her thing. She that's likes too to much feel good like, stuff. She, you know, she wants to drive. I'll let her drive. Oh, too, right, too right. much information. Anyway. But, yes, yeah, she, she drives the car. instruction. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine with me because I'll just sit there and be a passenger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like we were talking about, it is, it's important to feel seen yeah. because um, recently we actually had a, uh, we had a little, a row in our family. Um, Christmas Eve, I was, we were over at um, our cousin's place uh, and I was just, I was in the way. It was, I just happened to be standing in the wrong spots, and I even recognized it. And his wife, who is we, we, we just she's she grew up very rich, mm. so she's been very privileged, and she th- she sees things in her own way. Uh, she said, uh, "Go stand over there, or I'll kill you." Oh, damn! Right, and so I, you know, and I started spiraling. I. I did not cause a scene. I, you know, I, I stepped away. I, I went in the other room and I, I had my meltdown, but I, I did it away from everybody because it was Christmas Eve and I don't want to fuck things up. Um, but yeah, talk about not feeling seen. Right. You know, go stand over there. I'll kill you. Oh, love you, dude. Love you. Sure. Fuck you. Whatever. Right. Um, and just that she, uh, she really upset me. And uh, later on, I, it was on, it was the day after Christmas and, I, and it really hit me hard. Oh, and so I said, I said to Carolyn, I said, look, this is really bothering me and no one is saying anything to her. They're just going to let her get away with it. And it's dry. It's really, it's spiraling me down and I don't know what's going to happen. I was honestly contemplating checking myself into the hospital. And I said, would you please say something on my behalf? Because at that point, I, I needed someone to say, 
look, that was that was wrong. That's all I needed, you know. Someone, someone to say that was fucked up, and so she did. Excuse me. But the way, the way, um, her cousin's wife took it because of my PTSD, she saw PTSD and she thought, you know, the crazy guy coming with a rifle. She made him. She made her husband add security cameras to the house. At, like at the all very kinds. Next day? Of, uh, n- soon thereafter. Damn. And I have never felt more hurt in my life. So she was taking the the thought that because you had PTSD, you would be like taxi driver, right? And Rambo. Yeah. You, if you're not hugged and coddled immediately. You got to kill everybody. Right. Okay. And I've never felt so unseen because I, I've never said an unkind word to this person in my life. Right. I've wanted to many times, but I, I didn't. Too bad there's no speaker on your head because things would be crazy. You know, it's a good thing. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I have the same symptoms you do, but we carry it differently, no yeah. matter what, because my trauma is my trauma, your trauma is your trauma. I understand the concept, mm-hmm. but I can't fully feel what you're feeling, just like you can't fully feel what I'm feeling. And, and what helps us relate is knowing that, just just knowing that alone, knowing that we each carry our own burdens, and we carry them in our own way, and there is no way that's not valid. Right. So that way we we can see when each other is hurting. Right, right. We can see us in the highs and we can see us in the lows. And Katie's definitely been able to notice my lows, which leads to my my third thing that got me my PTSD uh, diagnosis. So, as you know, when I left the carrier, I went to Illinois and I was an A school instructor. So I got to mentor so many kids coming through in that first span of their career going through their A schools, right? And you you had made E six by then, right? Yes. So that's East- why I was there because if right. I hadn't, I would be I would have gone to Germany where the detailer would have sent me because I was at needs of the Navy. Right. But I made first and he called him up. He's like, All right. Said you're going to Chicago. I was like, cool. And then promptly wrote me orders to South Korea. <laughs> so when I called him sense. I called him I was like my order's posted but it was, it was like maybe it wasn't South Korea but it was somewhere not where I picked like not Chicago and I'm like <laughs> I thought we agreed on me going to Illinois and he goes I thought you didn't want to go there and all of a sudden I hear him go oh I put the note on top of the file and hey, you're good I'll, I'll, I'll rewrite the orders oh god so yes, he remembered the your, conversation this is your taxpayer money in action yes <laughs> So I'm teaching, meet a lot of good kids. Some of them I'm still friends with. One, um, I found out later that I affected her life so much. Long story short, because I simply said, go home. I'll see you tomorrow. She didn't kill herself that night. So that is something that I carry with me too. It's like, I've seen a lot of screwed up shit. Yep. I've saved somebody. I actually saved somebody. And so I'm friends with her and her husband. Yep. And they show me pictures of their kids, you know, and so five proud of words, them. five words, go home, see you tomorrow. Yep. And that was enough. 
just think about that. When when were when was a very short sentence something between good and bad? You know, something just really short. When when, when did some small comment affect you to a point where changed your life it changed your life because i i can i can only count on i can count on one hand the times that's happened to me yes and just that um the fact that you feel seen that and that's what it is you feel seen Seen. yes And, and that's all we really ask for you know we don't see us as a stigma don't see us as a stereotype see us as people who are struggling just like everybody else um we're not all hollywood made images we all carry it differently and hollywood is doing a better job at portraying it some of them yes yes and star trek i think it has been Absolutely. a very good example recently so. So almost to the end of this this PTSD shit. <laughs> we need to stop being high. It's totally everywhere, right? Right. Um, so I teach all these people. I meet them and send them on their way. One student in particular, um, he he shared my birthday, and I was his homeroom instructor. You know, every day they would come in, and it'd be. I'd be the first one they see before handing them off to whoever they were being taught from that day. And, uh, you know, he goes out to the fleet and I come back out to the fleet and I'm on the LCS, which is very, very thin, very yes. thin aluminum. When I went to the place where they built it and they were walking around and I said, all right, the thickest part is three quarters of an inch. I'm like three quarters of an inch of aluminum is all that separates us from the ocean yep great i guess the the thought process is you know if it gets shot it'll just go all the way through hey it could be you right know. so i got that to worry about right yeah and then the fitzgerald collision happens mm-hmm. and people died and when all the information came out i said i slept in that birthing where they died i slept in birthing one on the benfold yep and Ironically enough, you'll, you'll find out I, we moved birthing so many times. So, yeah. but, so I slept there, right? And birthing two was a female birthing on our ship. And below that was Ford IC where we would hang out and and play our games and check our emails and things like that. So you know, it triggered me like, yeah. holy crap. And then one of the sailors was from Chula Vista where I live. And so they asked for volunteers to go to his funeral. I volunteered immediately because I was like, I've been on, on a destroyer, you know, it, it hit me. Like, I remember the first time I heard, um, kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh, I went to my first Navy ball. The speaker was the CMC of the, uh, coal when it was bombed mm-hmm. and just listened to him talk about it. And I just come off the destroyer. Yep. And so he was describing places. I'm like, I, I I see that. I know that. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. You know, it yeah. really starts hitting home and you realize these people really got attacked and people died in their home. Yeah. You know? Because <coughs> it hit for for the coal, it hit on the mess decks where yep. we eat. You know, that the center ship where we congregate. 
You know, that that's where we have our meals, where we hang out. It's where we de-stress after watch. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they hit us where we live. And that's what they like to do. And for better or worse, for those six, nine, 12 months at a time, that ship is our home. Yep. Every square inch of it. So, had that, right? So, they're they're describing everything that happened and everything. They're like, all right, we want to honor this Chula Vista sailor. We'd like to send a bunch of our military members to attend his funeral. I volunteered. Man, that was the hardest service to sit through. He was an FC three, I think, and they meritoriously advanced him to FC two. But then his dad got up. And his dad was a retired senior chief. And it, the end of the speech was wondering why the Navy failed his kid. And he said, he came to me in a dream. He asked, Dad, I stood to watch for them. Why didn't they do it for me? And it's shit like that that fucks you up. And, yeah. You know? And so that's the first collision. Yeah. The first one. Not less than what a month, two months later, the McCain. Yep. That one hits the aft end of the ship. Yep. And guess what? It pierced where I used to work. Aft I see. Aft I see. And it pierced all the berthings around it. Berthing five. Was it berthing five? Four, five, whatever. I slept there at one point too. They had me in yep. with the engineers for some reason for a short amount of time. Berthing three. Was it three? Yeah. Was five was the first female, five. right? Uh, birthing three was right below the you're right, you're deck, right. and birthing five was right below three. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, anyways, you know, I lived there. I yep. worked there again. I, I another thing that just kind of triggered me, and then the names came out. Yeah, and all these ETs and ICs are on that list, including my fucking student that shared my birthday. It fucked me up, man. It really did. I can I, I see that. And I, I didn't that. realize it was messing me up. It took my wife going, you need to get counseling because you are spiraling. Yeah. And it's what's so hard about the PTSD is you don't even know that you're spiraling most of the time. Sometimes maybe you do. You're like, nope, oh, nope, this is the moment. Bad down the hatches. It's fucking happening. <laughs> Ready for a ride? <laughs> nope. Hope so. <laughs> And, yeah, and sometimes we do get to that point, and I, I've been there. You know, Carolyn, she did the same for me. Um, I was I was in total denial. I didn't I didn't want to accept the fact that I had PTSD because of the stigma and all that stuff. But then the stigma, yeah. Once I got that diagnosis, you know, I, I had the aha moment. The light bulb came on. Oh, that's why I've been such an asshole for all these years. Well, okay, one of the reasons. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it's important to to recognize it and see it in ourselves and in each other. Because we need to be honest with ourselves. You know, we can't lie to ourselves because if we can't be honest with ourselves, we can't be honest with anybody else. Right. So, I really... I really appreciate all this stuff that's been going on and... Uh, how they've been, especially Star Trek, and not the Ghetto Bird, by the way. Uh, hi, hi. Yep, we're here. Yeah, right. 
course, you know, right when we're recording. But <laughs> they I'm that doing way. a podcast. <laughs> Idiots. Jerks. <laughs> but it's important. It's important for us to see each other as human beings and to feel seen by society as not the crazy Rambo type who's going to come out and kill you if you set us off. We're the ones who, when you set us off, we're the ones who need a little extra time. Because we're not sure how to handle what we're feeling. Exactly, because we're feeling a lot of different things at the same time, and we need... We need to collate. <laughs> we need to get our thoughts in order so we can see, okay, let's not do the knee-jerk Rambo reaction, you know, because we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be that PTSD veteran. So all we ask is for understanding and a little compassion. Right. Brought but, to you by the letter A for asshole Hey, they're just doing their jobs. All right, fair enough. They're just doing their jobs. And let's, let's wave. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. It's all good down here. We're all good. We're just having a good time. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Woo! On uh, that note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this out here. Um, Mike, I swear to God, uh, talking to you is always cathartic for me. I hope it is for you. Um well, because it's my first time and you pop my cherry, I think this Ooh. is pretty cool. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go have a little cuddle later. <laughs> I need more weed drink. <laughs> We're gonna need more wax. <laughs> ah, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> now that being said, I, you know if you ever want to just you know talk about just like what it was like on the ships yep. things like that I'm, I'm down that too we don't don't necessarily oh, have dude. to do we got sea stories yeah we, probably not so we, we just talk about carpenter alone it's like dude, we had we had some shenanigans <laughs> i'm gonna pistol whip the next person that says shenanigans <laughs> oh you mean shenanigans Ooh. <laughs> all right, all right well i'm gonna call this a night later all right, that wraps up this week's episode of Cannabloggers Corner. Once again, I would like to thank Mike for coming on the show. I really appreciate him taking the time and um, opening up, not just to me, but to all of all of you as well. Uh, that takes a lot of courage, and I, I appreciated that from him. Um, he and I both feel a lot. And because of that, we saw things, we heard things, and it just, it stays with us, you know? And uh, <laughs> I trail off like this because it gets hard for me to, to talk, especially when it comes to PTSD, because it does get to the point where, like they said, how do you explain to someone who can't understand? And it's, it's not a, it's not a criticism, excuse me, uh, or a, uh, or any sort of comment on any of my friends, any of my family, anybody who I know. It's just, uh, people have not seen the things we have. They haven't lived the shared experiences we have. 
And so it is harder for us to be able to describe how we feel. It, it takes time and we, <laughs> we require a bit more patience than some. Is that fair? No. And it's not something that we're necessarily thrilled about, but, um, if you're willing to give us that patience, we, we always, <laughs> always appreciate it. So, as always, let me uh, do my little housekeeping here for the week. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and all that kind of happy horse shit at SD Cannablogger for cannabis content and SDCC Wacky Wags, because God knows I am a wacky motherfucker for all my San Diego Comic-Con nerdy-ass coverage. If you like what you heard, or if you just want to talk about it, please leave a comment or shoot me an email at sdcannablogger. <laughs> Let's try that again. sdcannablogger at gmail.com. Until next week, have a great one. Really appreciate you listening. Thank you for your time. And above all, stay lifted. Thank you for listening to Cannablogger's Corner. Wait! Where are you going? I was going to make espresso. Now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. Don't let anything come between your testicles and you. Mm -hmm.